All right, welcome back. I we haven't been uh, been doing podcasts for a while, and uh, kind of feels like we're season three of doing the podcast. And um, I'm Ted, and uh, welcoming Darlene. Hi, everyone. Good to be back in this random podcast. Yeah, well, I it feels like we're starting a new series of conversations that we hope to do in the upcoming weeks, and. Um, it's good to, we've, we've survived the flurry of the beginning of a new church season. September, we're in the middle of October, and finally finding our feet, and um, looking forward to taking some time each week-ish to, to just dive in a little bit deeper, maybe some rabbit trails around the theme of reconstructing church that we're beginning as a community and um yeah we enjoy these we enjoy these times because it allows us to talk some stuff out and uh we've been hearing feedback that people are tuning in and listening in and enjoying the conversation while they're walking or enjoying a cup of coffee in front of the fire or whatever they're doing and um so we're glad to be back and uh it's also important maybe to say that, you know, we desire your feedback. So if you want to speak into things, you know, send us a, a voicemail, text, or an email saying, hey, what about this? Or have you thought about this? Or, you know, engage the conversation. We'd appreciate that. Mm-hmm. So where do we want to start? Well, I think, and just simple background is, um, in the context of, uh, a lot of ways that individuals and as a community, we have thought about, um, deconstruction or unlearning or disassembling or all the, and it's a buzzword and and has some problems, I think, in in it. But just that idea of um, a lot of folks in our community finding themselves in places where either because something has been thrust upon them in their life or in their church experience or because it's just something that they've begun to think about as adults around what it what do I actually believe and what does it mean to be a Christian and with representations of Christianity being so diverse. I've, you know, we've done a lot of that. I'll use that huge umbrella term deconstruction. And I think our, our quest now is, is uh, rooted in a firm kind of conviction that, we're not as good as that process is and will continue to be. It's not like it ends, but that it is also vital for us to, to think about what, um, what can we, what we can reimagine. And, um, so we're not just left in this despairing nothingness place, but actually, uh, growing something together. Um, so that's been our, been our, our our quest for this fall is to think about reconstructing and reimagining and using our values and anchors to guide us in that 
And so our first value is openness. Um, to be, to reimagine an open church and think about what that means. Is yeah. That, yeah. Is that I just wanted to, like, yeah, that's good background. <laughs> I, I think it's important. It's important maybe to talk a little bit about, um, just the posture, like deconstruction, um, I think flows primarily out of a posture of critique or examining the way things are, what is the reality of things and, um, just noticing cracks and noticing places where things are falling apart and they're not holding up. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that's an important work. Like, uh, anything that, that, uh, needs attention in our lives requires us to look at it and kind of point out the things that are going, um, not the way we want them to go. So kind of a bit of a, where the growth area is uh, in, in things, what could be improved. And, um, but there's also a danger in that is we just, we stand outside of things and say, you know, well, that's wrong. I don't like that. That's no good. Um, and, uh, I think reconstruction is an invitation to engage in the process of, well, what can we, what can we build? What can we, what can we redo, reimagine, revision? So, um, anybody who's done any kind of renovation work, you know, there's the, the initial stage is looking around maybe at a room that you are using and saying, that's not serving us anymore. Um, that's, um, you know, maybe even the feeling of a room is like, uh, it's, it's not life giving anymore. It's bringing, bringing us down. There's things that need to be actually repaired and fixed. They're not working properly anymore. And so you start there, but then at some point you have to imagine something better and you start putting together a plan, a design, a vision for what it can be. And, uh, that can be exciting, but then you have to get down to that construction phase. You know, mm -hmm. you, um, maybe we've been focusing a bit on deconstruction because, you know, you, one has to, uh, do the demolition part and that can be pretty fun. We, we had some experience with that, right? This past past week when we were doing some demolition in the upstairs of the exchange building for some some renovations and uh, especially some of the children that were involved they loved the demolition part you know breaking things and tearing things apart there's something cathartic cathartic yeah <laughs> and there's a, there's an energy to that that's kind of fun and uh but there's also some exciting something exciting about engaging the work of re building so and it's that's what also, we want to be about i just think it's also important to say that the demolition is also can also be super painful and maybe not so much in a physical demo project that's fun and cathartic but i uh there's a very a varied experience of you know trauma and pain and like when you really take things apart it's can be hard. So, yeah. Yeah, because sometimes <clears throat> the things that are no longer useful, relevant, um, healthy, they may be, be things that at one point were actually very healthy or impactful and relevant to us. And so there's a bit of a letting go of something to, yeah. to move on to something new. 
Okay, so let's let's talk a bit about Open Church. Like, um, you were one of the things that we've been doing in this conversation is we've been centering our reconstructing of the church around um, an experience that happened um, between Jesus and the disciples, where Jesus talks about how um, Peter would be the one that Jesus would build the church on, and that the the gates of hell would not get in the way of Jesus building his church. And uh, somehow he centered Peter in that work, and uh, we thought it would be interesting to look at some of the the stories and some of the adventure that Peter was on as a leader in the early church, and how how what can we learn from Peter? Like, what mm-hmm. would it mean for us to reconstruct a church thinking about how Peter was in engaging and being a leader in the church? So, um, last Sunday you centered on the story of uh, Peter and the vision that Peter saw, and uh, the interactions with Cornelius. It's a very interesting story. Um, do you want to say a little bit more about that? I mean, it's there's there's you you spent quite a bit of time in the story in Acts chapter ten. Um, if you're looking at the, you can watch the the teach on the stream that was uh, was recorded last week Sunday, which was October the sixteenth. Mm-hmm. Um, anything more you want to say? You actually you actually mentioned uh, something that happened at the end of Acts nine, and you kind of it seemed like there was some energy around that story for you, but you didn't you didn't share. What was giving you energy around that? You kind of didn't have time for that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think part of the energy was like, there's stories that I was thinking about were of Peter. And, and then as you go along, you're like, oh, there's this story about Peter too. I, and this story, I didn't even think about that. Like, it's easy to think about Peter and think about kind of the, the highlight reel would be, you know, Peter's denial of Christ, Peter's vision with Cornelius, um, Peter's, uh, you know, wanting, wanting to not have Jesus suffer. There's just like things that come easily come to mind, but this story in Acts nine is, is one of the examples of, I don't want to spend a lot of time here actually, but it's, uh, it's about Tabitha or Dorcas in Greek. Tabitha is like one of the only women that is referred to as a disciple in the New Testament. And, um, and she is like a, she works on behalf of the poor. She's works. You can tell that she is a worker with other women. And so it's just kind of a fascinating story of this powerful, um, female leader disciple who is clearly very impactful in the community and she gets sick and she dies. And, and the women are all, all gathered around and apparently they're showing, they're sharing, like kind of like, you know, when someone dies and you start looking through their things and you, you start reminiscing about their life while Tabitha Dorcas has like these quilts or these handmade things. And I just, it was just like this beautiful picture. And I, 
I don't know. It just, I got taken into the story again. And then they're like, oh, well, Peter is in the area. Maybe we should just have Peter come by. And they don't even say anything about like Peter's going to do anything, but just like Peter's in the area. Peter should come by. And Peter comes by and, and goes to dead Tabitha and says, you know, uh, Tabitha, get up. And she opens her eyes and she sits up. <laughs> then calling the saints and the widows, he showed her to be alive. So showed her, he showed her calling the saints and the widows, he showed her to be alive. I don't know. Many people believed in the Lord. Just kind of like this moving story. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, these, these stories are kind of jarring to our modern scientific mindsets of how things can actually work or do they work. And, um, but also indigenous, like this is another thing I, it kind of like has brought me to because when I was working on my thesis and doing some, you know, reading of indigenous spirituality and, um, I remember having this conversation with Josie once that, and on a pot, on some radio show, uh, was it Quirks and Quirks? I, I'm just talking off the top of my head. Yeah, totally. Just for people out there, Josie is, um, is an elder leader in a in a one of our neighboring uh, indigenous communities. Mm-hmm. And Sorry. again, we 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 tend to think of like you're alive or you're dead as binaries, but indigenous wisdom and even I think some scientific wisdom. I'm kind of I would need to look further into this, but there is like it's more of a there's more can be more of an understanding of a realm of, you know, maybe somebody is already, they're still breathing, but they're already, um, kind of passing through. And you can see this if you've ever been with, journeyed with somebody from life to death, there can really be a time when you feel like they're, they're still technically scientifically alive, but they are no longer, um, with you or, or, In, again, in indigenous spirituality, that the, one of the reasons they continue to accompany the body is that that they have a belief that it's not that definitive of like time of death, one fifteen a.m. Mm. You know that that there is it's it's a bit more of a mystery. Mm. There's a bit more of like a like a porous area of yeah moving in and out. Mm. So I don't know. I mean, we, we can wonder about those things, yeah. but it, maybe that's not as significant as, you know, I don't, I don't know. It, it, you can, you can wonder about the, about all of those things, but Peter's presence, um, and faith again, one of the reasons I think why Jesus says you're the rock on which I'll build the church is because he simply confessed something that was true and it wasn't given to him. It was a divine thing. Mm. And, um, one of the most striking things about the story and other stories, if we pay attention is how often revelations come or visions come when our conscious mind is not engaged. Mm. 
So it's when Peter's in a trance. It's when Cornelius is like, it's, this is not kind of, while they were thinking about the theology of inclusion or exclusion. It was, he was just opening himself to pray. He kind of wasn't really a conscious thing. And then he saw the sheet come down and, and there was a wrestle and the wrestle begins in the dream. Hmm. So what I, I often wonder about our open, our value of openness. We can only think our ways so far into this. Um, but our openness, our intention, our consent to being open Often the best parts come when we're, when we're kind of out of the way. Sometimes mm. it's in the shower, right? When we're like, there's something kind of, we're not, we're not engaged in thinking maybe in the same way, or when we're on the verge of sleep at, at night, or when we're on the verge of waking up, these can be pl- places and states of openness when we're not thinking we're in charge. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know. So one of the things that you challenged the community with on Sunday, this past Sunday, was, um, this is some, one of the things that kind of stuck out for me was your insistence and your challenge to us to um, be open to evolving, Mm -hmm. changing, transforming, seeing things in a new way. Yes. Um, And... um, you just talked a bit about how maybe some of that happens accidentally or in in places where we're not kind of expecting something to happen. They sort of yeah. creep up on us. Um, is there something something we can learn about about that, or in terms of like how how we might posture ourselves to be more open to to evolution and change? Like it feels like um, lots of times we're sort of we're defended against that where we tend to be locked into our perspectives and um, we don't necessarily have a lot of readiness or openness to see something in a different way. Um, <clears throat> maybe part of it too is we've, we've um, learned our faith in the context of these are the things that we need to know about faith and believe. And if you believe these things, then you, you're good. Then you, then you're good. You have what you need and you should hold on to them and they'll serve you throughout life. And this seems to be a bit more of a recognition that things might actually be shifting and expanding or becoming something new as we, as we move along in our life. Like what's, like what's uh like having a core value of being open what's what's that what are we invited into there maybe what's the well, what's for, the work <clears throat> well for one i think we need to free it, it it's incredibly it can be inc- incredibly freeing to know that the biblical pattern set before us is one of evolution we have permission so sometimes i think one of our beliefs is that if we change, it means we're going away. Mm-hmm. We're falling away. We're turning away where we used to believe this and now something's changed and, and there's some, 
kind of uh, like fear about that or shame about that or concern that that we're slipping, we're sliding, we're backsliding. Mm-hmm. On and, a slippery slope. Yeah. And um, it's been incredibly freeing to know that as we engage the, the wisdom of the Bible, we see how Jesus models that evolution, that, that, you know, that, that movement as being vital. Not only it's okay, it's like, if it's not kind of moving and evolving and shifting, then I think, um, it's not being true to the example that has been set before us. So that's one thing is like permission. I think permission to be there. Um, but secondly, um, and I just barely touched on this, I think on Sunday is that our anchors at seeds give us some postures to foster this openness. Um, say a bit more about what, what it means like, like anchor, anchor sounds a bit more like not evolutionary language. It sounds a bit more like we're tethered to something or we're yeah, that's true. Um, what, what is it? What is an anchor at seeds? How do, how do we think about that? We think about it in terms of it being the behaviors, the actions that help us embody the values. Okay. So, um, for seeds, our anchors are fostering relationships with God, self and others, taking time to listen, God, self and others, and moving with purpose within ourselves, with God and with others. Mm -hmm. And that work, that practice, that like, so for example, like taking time to listen, like if we're not listening, if we're not like fostering some measure of contemplation or some measure of like, I'm creating this posture of openness and it's not me muscling my way to being open. It's me opening myself to a space the spirit really, um, leading the way in, in opening me up. And that may be happy and that it runs in tandem with, I'm fostering relationships with people and I'm fostering a relationship with, with God and with what's happening inside of me. And like the, that these things are all kind of always working together. And then we, our movement is purposeful and it's responsive to, um, to that alignment. And yeah, I, I'm reminded of the meditation we read this morning too. Like we can't just think our way into good ideologies or theologies or, um, that thinking work is good and important, but for us, for a faith community, it's grounded in a practice of, um, attunement to the spirit, to, to listening, to relationship, to, um, so to me, those things are vital in kind of creating the soil of openness. Right. So it's interesting that like we've, um, spent quite a bit of energy and time in the last number of years, um, 
talking about our relationship with scriptures and with the Bible and, and, and the stories and, you know, what's going on there. And um, we sometimes approach scripture with a question like, is it, again, using language of binary, like, is it, is it true? Is it relevant? Mm-hmm. Is um, what's, what's the thing to take away from it that has something for us? Or is it something we can simply walk away from, reject, ignore? Mm-hmm. Kind of either or mm-hmm. kind of conversation. And a value of open openness is a recognition that we should come to the scriptures that have been handed down to us um, from the tradition that we, the, our faith tradition, that's, you know, it's over 2,000 years old, a faith tradition that we should approach it not as a binary question, but as um, what is there that we are to be open to? What are we, you know, let's take some time to listen to the scripture and what, what comes out of it for us? What do we notice? What do we, um, like you even, you refer to that, like, oh, I was thinking about these stories of Peter and I went to look for these stories that I kind of am aware of and know about and have a sense that they connect to what we're talking about. And then I get surprised as I start listening to stories that are there that I've forgotten about or didn't even see before. Mm-hmm. And, oh, what's going on there? What, what's, mm-hmm. it, what's it saying? And then it become, becomes an open conversation, a relationship. I- and then it, we might ask, like, what's going on there that would move us to um, move with purpose, like, and to actually, you know, change something or do something that we mm-hmm. haven't been doing. Yeah. And that we can take it on its own terms, like not on, on our terms or it needs to do something for, for me, like not projecting so much pressure on it, Mm. uh, but to allow it to be on the terms that it was, (laughs) that it was given to us. Right. Yeah. Um, but you can, you not, not even should, like you can, if, if you need to step away from it, that's, you can step away from it. You can, um, you're not going to be like struck down by lightning. It, um, for some people, it has been really important to step away from it for a time hmm. and, I think right away we get, you know, kind of scared maybe, or some, some people say, well, that's, you know, um, they're going to walk away from it. And I have to continuously say to myself and to others that like, I, I trust it. I, I want to trust the process. I want to trust that, that if you're listening and if you're, open, you will be led. (laughs) You'll be led. And maybe that seems kind of simplistic in a way, but, um, we have to kind of like loosen our, the, the grip of what people should be doing and what people shouldn't be doing. Hmm. That's part of that's part of, um, 
I think letting go of the control and kind of trusting that um, as we reimagine and we reconstruct, um, that if we commit as a community, if, if, if people are interested in this process, if we commit to the anchors and the values, and I really, I really believe that, um, that God is going to continue to move and lead in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think, like, I think you use the language of process. I think it's a really good, good language. Be, um, just to, just to circle back on the comment about like walking away from something or, or stepping away from it. Um, we've tended to frame that process of getting some space, let's say from scripture, needing some space. Maybe we've had a practice of reading scripture dutifully over the years, mm-hmm. a discipline, because we were told this discipline, spiritual discipline is very important to keep doing it. And walking away gets framed as sort of rejection. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe one could flip it and say that some of us maybe need to walk away from the closed understanding we have of scripture. Yes. So that we might be open to something blossoming, evolving for us. And so the we often f- focus too much on the uh, what getting an outcome from scripture versus kind of entering in the process. And this is one of the exciting things about following the 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 life of Peter and um his highlights and his lowlights. There's there's a, almost an equal number of highlights and lowlights for him. And um recognizing a process that he's finding himself in the process that started for him in relationship to Jesus when Jesus said you know like put down your nets and come and follow me walk away from your your occupation uh, walk away from your vocation that's been kind of set out for you you're you're kind of Mm -hmm. you're stuck in that vocation it's what you're going to do and come in and do something different. And then you see how that evolves for Peter, you know, um, how there's things that Jesus values so much about Peter because he's able to kind of say things the way they are quickly, which means often he sticks his foot in his mouth. And um, um, I wonder, like, we maybe part of the open thing is that we are, we're not just seeing. Um, like it's easy to look at the story of Peter and Cornelius and say, oh, you know, there's a new truth that is being enacted in Acts 10, that things that Peter was taught should not go together. Gentiles and the people of Israel are not to be together because when they're together, somebody is getting, um, something's being distorted. There's something's being made unclean. Certain foods are not meant to be eaten. Certain ways of doing life are not the way to do it. And then Peter learns that, well, actually, these things are not to be seen that way anymore. And this is an exciting moment in Scripture. But if we just see it as now something new is being codified Mm -hmm. into our faith in a way that it can never change again Mm -hmm. from that point on, we are missing something because actually what we're if we're open to it, we're seeing actually a wrestle and a process that's happening in the scriptures. Mm -hmm. And this isn't the only moment 
in the scripture where something that we would have thought was one way becomes a different way, but that maybe even when scripture ends and the community continues to exist in this world, that we are continuing to be invited to the spirit coming and showing us something that we thought was not the way it should be. And we will be told by God, don't, don't say something is not good that I've said is good. Yeah. It's a very, it's a very open, (laughs) it's a very open sort of understanding of the scriptures that this, when we open that book, we're actually trying to enter into a process of opening up our perspective on God and God's relationship to God's people. And it's, um, some people would probably say, well, that sounds dangerous because, you know, it can just go anywhere. It can go anywhere. And, um, and I guess it can. Like the thing is, you don't know where it's going to go. Like, and that was one of the things that was so striking about Cornelius and Peter's openness is they had no clue. They were puzzled. They were confused. They didn't know. Cornelius didn't know why certain people were sent to Joppa. Peter didn't know why these men had showed up and said, and said, come with us to Cornelius. They did not know. Peter didn't know if the dream, the trance was about food or like he didn't know where it was going to end up. And he kind of opened himself to the literal journey, traveling and ending up in this house with, and you know, all these people that he's not supposed to be in a room with. So I think one of the challenges for us, for me too, is like when we're afraid to step outside of the lines um, because we don't know where, we don't understand and we don't know where it's going to go. And I think there's this immense pressure to like, you know, just stay, stay, stay within because if you go outside, then you're, you might, you might slide away, you know, yeah, you might, you might do the wrong thing. You might do the wrong thing. And yeah. it could be disastrous. Yeah. And we might, we might get it wrong. And cause Peter certainly got it wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet fun, like, it's kind of funny. It never disqualified him. Hey, like, no, like he, like he could get it right and wrong in the same paragraph of conversation. And yet the promise that Jesus made to Peter that I would build something, I would build something with you, like didn't ever, ever leave. I mean, it meant, it, it meant a certain amount of, you know, process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, continued process. Yeah. Um, so I, I mean, maybe, maybe there's ways that we can think about how, what it looks to kind of enter into a bit of a discipline around openness, a practice of openness um, mm. that fosters relationships, that takes time to listen, that moves with purpose. Like, I think we need to think more about how we individually and communally put ourselves in a place where the spirit can um, open us up. Right. So do you have, do you have any, um, 
hints about what that might look like? Like what, maybe even just one example of how a practice of openness could be fostered? Well, I, I think, I think, I mean, when I talk about the fostering relationships, take down to listen, like that is, those are mm-hmm. the things, but I think about like a, examples. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I'm just wondering yeah. if there's like, um, I mean, those, those are, those are, the anchors are great. And yet, um, what, what might it look like put into sort of a concrete practice or, or something that would be, um, well, this is how we are actually, we might open ourselves up to something. Yeah. Well, I think I, th- I mean, there's a ton of examples I could give like both commute f- for the community. And, and I think personally, if I really sat down and thought about it, but even, okay, let me give, give me one, give you one. Okay. Um, a communal one or an individual one. It's whatever comes to mind. Um, I try to foster a sense of openness and listening in my life. And I, you know, sometimes when thoughts pop into my head, um, I try to pay attention. Oh, that's an interesting thought that came out of nowhere. Hmm. So last week I had one of that and it had to do with a specific person that just came to mind and um, I wouldn't I wouldn't say like I was felt super spiritual or diligent or <laughs> anything about it but I did I did respond to it and I did kind of set something up um, and I, I, I guess I was surprised yesterday with, with just, um, an experience, um, with an individual that where I really felt some kind of heart connection. And I know this is, this is maybe sounding really, really vague too, but I just want to protect the the person and it, not only that person, but it really connected for me. Um, and I wish I could say more, (laughs) but it's easy to forget about particular groups of people. Mm. And so it just opened something up, I think in, in, in my thinking and in my heart and, and, uh, had a pretty cool meeting mm-hmm. and connect. I, I connect, I connect that just because I, I connect that to, to, to God, to even, even though it doesn't feel any, didn't feel anything particularly like I didn't have vision or anything like that. You know, it's just like something opened me up t- yeah. to move in a particular direction. And I think it was kind of a interesting timing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think 
just to add on to that, I think sometimes just um, maybe this is a hard thing for us to do, but it's, or and for some of us, it's maybe it feels simpler, but we live in a world that has a lot of in what seem like very intractable problems, things that aren't the way we would hope they were to be. And putting ourselves in a posture where we can learn from somebody, mm-hmm. ask good questions and maybe learn about someone's experience who we don't really have any, we don't really have much knowledge about it and, and get to, to know someone's experience that can open up for us sort of potential, you know, openings or possibilities or ways that we can be responsive in a, in a way that is, um, is good and makes the, you know, the life of Jesus real in our lives and, and in other people's lives. Um, gives us opportunity to love our neighbor in a way. And all it took would be just to put ourselves in a place where we could maybe learn from someone's experience rather than just saying, well, I think I know, I know what's going on there. And, um, you know, this, this issue is not going to change until something changes that I think needs to change. But when then you enter into a relationship with a person who's, you know, might, we might learn something and we say like, oh, actually there's maybe something more I can, that can happen that I didn't know. Like something opens mm-hmm. up. Yeah. And often it's just a more possibility for a relationship, for inviting people that are different than us into our, into our lives. And we end up being in part of their lives and something, something new comes from it. And it's just an openness to learn something. Yeah. Um, that was, that was something that, you know, we, we, uh, we learned um, in some of the training we did in kind of cross-cultural experiences, this idea that uh, suspending our beliefs and understandings about things, just putting them aside so that we can maybe be open to learning something new. Mm-hmm. And uh, we sometimes forget that's something we could just do in our regular day lives of just, okay, this is the way I see things and I'm just going to put it aside in this conversation, this relationship and be open to something new happening. Yeah. And we have to be prepared for something to shift, like either practically, like in the day, you Mm. know, if we're just, if we're committed to the grind Mm. or in, you know, this Mm. is my grind, this is what I have to do. If we're not open to kind of like shifting, maybe to say, oh, you know, so sometimes it can be actual, like opening up to shifting physical space. Like opening up something in our calendar. Yeah. To give time to it. And other times it's like, I mean, it can be openness on so many different layers and levels, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so much to explore. Yeah. But I think that's probably enough for today. Yeah, well, we'll continue to explore. And um, I mean, this has been one of the, the fun parts about the seeds journey is that these core values have been with us and we've discovered them in our life as a congregation and uh, we have committed ourselves to them and we've you know that means working working it out um, maybe looking at it and saying where have we missed the mark on it and, yeah. and you know and re um, recommitting to doing some things and so we're not going to figure this stuff out in a one conversation or no. in one so teach. and on that fire us a story of how 
of openness. How, how do you foster or posture yourself to be open in your life, either with yourself, with God, with others? Tell us a story. We'd love to hear it. Mm-hmm. Thanks for being with us. And um, we will see you. I guess we won't see you. This is a podcast. We don't see anything. See you next time. We'll see you next time. <laughs>